0: You're listening to a big finish production. All right, lovey.
1: Your accent is very French. Oh, oh, do you mind if I drop it, though, <laughs> Chuck? Oh, <laughs> it very exhausts me keeping it up. You uh, sound northern. Why are you putting the accent on? <laughs> I like to blend in, lovey.
2: This is the Big Finish podcast launched right at you on the 9th of December 2018. You, Nick and
1: Benji.
2: I'm Benji Clifford,
0: and coming up, the big Finnish news. An archive tease with Land Mm. of the Dead, competitions wrapped and unwrapped, (gasps) listeners' emails, and Mm. our 15-minute drama tease featuring the return of Iris Wildtime with The Seventh Doctor. And that's in Muse of Fire by Paul Mars.
2: That's the wrapped and unwrapped sound effect a bit too late. (laughs) Is is that (laughs) that pie (laughs) wrapper? (laughs) <laughs> it's not the pie Well I think The pie wrapper's still here. Yeah, here he is. Still, still clinging on. Yeah, that's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? A dirty old bit of pie stuff. Anyway, um, yes, I'm Nick Briggs, by the way. Let's get on, get on with it. Get on with it. Get on with it.
0: So, coming up in the news: the hunting ground, Muse of Fire. Planet of the Drashics. a clip, yeah. Uh,
2: Chameleon Empire,
0: the trailer.
2: Ooh. Yes, that's uh, it's that bumper. I'm just struggling to read, frankly. I've had a tough week. Um, so cue the violins. Yes, it's that bumper month where you get two Doctor Who monthly main range adventures. The first is The Hunting Ground, starring Colin Baker as the Sixth Doctor in a script by A.K. Benedict. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Hunting Ground.
3: You don't look like any doctor I've ever known. You should
2: get out more.
3: And you are? Inspector Ursa daughter. You say you found the body?
4: I did, poor chap. From the formation of the crystals, looks like he's been hit with an ice blaster.
5: Thank you. Your voice has been identified and your code word verified. How may we help you
6: today? My hunt in the Earth Far North District was disrupted. Local law enforcement is crawling all over the reserve. I paid for privacy. I was told that all red tape
7: would
8: be dealt with. My dearest Ursa. My little one who grew up. You are now a fine detective, and I know that one day you'll find this and hear all that I've kept from you.
1: What the... What is it, Ursa? Can you hear me? My... My brakes have failed!
3: What? Look! Oh, I have to jump! You can't! The ravine! I have to! Or I'll crash! <coughs> Can
4: you hear that? I was hoping it was just me.
3: There! See? Through the fence. Wolves!
2: Big finish. We love stories.
7: I'm Marfik.
2: I'm Marfik.
7: We're the Marthics! Oh good.
2: And I was worried it would be complicated. Bit of Scandi Noir there for you.
0: And going from one Noir to another, we have Muse of Fire, set in France, no less. And we're dramatizing uh, you that one at the end of this very podcast. Yes, that outrageous space-time-travelling lady, Iris Wildtime, which is spelt here Irish Wildtime, oh, hello, uh, is back. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, play with gusto by Katie Manning.
1: I like to blend in, lovey. <laughs> It's part of me allure So where are you really from? Oh, I'm not allowed to divulge that information Just think of me as a beguiling woman of mystery I live on the island in a tall apartment building Overlooking Notre Dame Oh, it's very beautiful I
2: think I've probably done that throughout this script I keep writing Irish wild time (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well I quite like it you did the music for this one, didn't you? I did, yeah. I had so much fun
0: doing it because, uh, you know, Doctor Who, a lot of the time you're doing a lot of either the synthy, darky sort of weird stuff. With this, it was mm. set, in, set in France. So I really went to town with lots of accordion and double bass. And I just had a lot of fun, actually. I did have an mm. awful lot of fun. Well it sounds very good, I thought. Well oh, yeah. thank, thank you very much. Yeah, it was quite quite uh, a quick turnaround with that one. It was sort of
2: was. Ch- we cha- were chasing you with uh, pitchforks, weren't we? We
0: certainly were, yeah, it had Get to be done, done in sort of four or five days. So I I just chained myself to my keyboard and, and got it out there, which
2: is good. Well, so we had a sound designer who went a little bit AWOL, but luckily he came wandering back again. Um, so talking of post-production, the work on January's fourth Doctor Adventures is nearing completion, and I've been having a, a listen to it. So uh, just time to sneak ahead to tease you with a lovely clip from one of my favourite upcoming episodes, Planet of the Drashigs, by Phil Ryan, and starring, of course, Tom Baker as the Doctor, with Jane Slavin, As the new companion, WPC Kelso, who we keep mentioning, and John Leeson making a welcome return as K Nine. Anyway, here's a lovely clip.
6: Oh me, I shall never forget my first knickerbocker glory on Numenor.
3: Yeah, Doctor, what were you putting together?
6: Oh, he'll be along in a moment, just letting his neural transistors warm up. He? Who?
9: Yeah, he who. He who what? What? Master.
6: Ah, he who here. Good grief. Oh, Doctor, what is it? My dog
1: unit designated
6: as canine mark two see he talks well of course he talks don't insult someone you've just met
4: i'm sorry i just
1: there
6: talked. there 9 she says she's sorry so don't
0: be offended
6: this unit incapable of taking offense Master. Shh,
0: shh she's
2: new to all this pay her no attention <laughs> out in march 29 29- oh you're going to say something go for it well later. it's not interesting but it's raining i think here <laughs> the least interesting most british thing that one could possibly say oh it's just wind i don't know i mean wind in the air not wind in my body uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was something wrong with the mic. We were talking about microphones going wrong before we started recording. I was a bit worried. But no, it's definitely an external influence. Uh, As you were saying, Benji, sorry. Oh, it's quite all right, quite all right. Well, out in March 2019, Chameleon
0: Empire, and that's a fascinating story with just the Fifth Doctor, Tegan Turlow and Chameleon. And that also has John Colshaw in the role of Chameleon. So here is the trailer.
1: It's your home planet.
2: Yes. It is known as Makalian. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Chameleon Empire.
6: It must have been abandoned centuries ago. It's overgrown with weeds and vines and whatever this is. Some sort of lichen.
2: This world
7: was once home to a species similar to your own. The Camille. The Camille? They created me, and my kind. So what happened to them? What
1: happened? wire. I'm sorry, I didn't see it.
5: Yeah, but I think they've seen us. What? Oh yes, run! Run! Run!
7: Psychokinetic interface restored. Chameleons, Reactivated. Well done, my little friend. You answered our call.
2: And restored us to life. Big Finish. We love stories. And that's it for the news this week. i sort of sitting that, I That's it for the news
0: this week. I thought you were going to rush into um, doing a 10th Planet Cyberman then.
2: And that's that it. is the <laughs> news. <laughs> why should I care? Uh, che- cheers, Krang. 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 <laughs> Coming up, competitions, listeners' emails and our 15-minute drama tease. But time now to wallow in a bit of Big Finish nostalgia as we continue our trip down my own personal Big Finish memory lane as we encounter the land of the dead for an archive tease. So, yeah, this is uh, a very, very early one. Do you, did you ever hear this one? I don't think I have, actually. I'm just going to Google it now to see if I can Planned bring forth any dead. any memories. It's one of my earliest experiences with Big Finish, and it was a sort of uh, emergency early experience. Um, in those days, we were sort of juggling around which doctors were available, and we had no... I think Gary Russell, the producer, had in mind a pattern of release uh, from going from one doctor to the next. But I think what happened here... what do we yeah, before that, so we went so yeah, it went Sirens of Time, Phantasmagoria which we spoke about the other way Whispers of Terror, which I really should have spoken about because I did the uh, the music for Whispers of Terror and then we went to Land of the Dead, now I think what they wanted to do next was, just waiting for the site to refresh, yes, the Fearmonger or the, uh, the Fishmonger oh, as yes. i accidentally caught it once the fear (laughs) monger um i don't know why i'm saying it like that um but sylvester mccoy was not available or maybe it was sophie Aldred. someone wasn't available anyway so they quickly had to do a fifth doctor story and it had to be written in record time and so Gary knew exactly the person to go to, Steve Cole, Stephen Cole, who was, uh, I think, still working at the BBC at that time, has since gone on to be a massively successful author. I think maybe children's books, by I may be um, misrepresenting him there. Anyways, a lovely, lovely cheery chap. And, he, um, and he's able to write very, very quickly. And he pulled this out of the hat within, I think he wrote it in like two weeks flat. Wow. It may have even been a shorter amount of time. Um, And it's a weird story set in Alaska about sort of dinosaur creatures made out of bones. And it was recorded very quickly. And uh, the post-production had to be done very quickly. And I think Alistair Locke was scheduled to do it, but he wasn't available or couldn't turn it around quickly enough. And Gary just said, please, can you do this? (laughs) So I had to do this, the post-production and, you know, the sound editing and music on this in a... I remember a phenomenally short time. I think I had like 10 days to do a four-part story.
0: That's crazy. Uh, That's that an that awful is lot to get
2: done in 10 days. Yeah, yeah. And I, I did go mad. I think someone had assembled a dialogue edit, but I wouldn't like to swear to that. Um, yeah. And so it was... And also Gary had, hadn't got uh, Peter Davison to do any of the sort of... Um, sort of lots of climbing and rushing around sort of acting you know where that uh, where they didn't actually have any dialogue we it, called a wild track would not we yeah and and peter hadn't done any of that so every single fifth doctor <laughs> exertion you hear in this story is me because <laughs> i found that even that you know peter and i have very different voices i would say it just if when i sort of went Ah you thought it didn't that doesn't sound that doesn't sound at all like say Tom Baker or Colin Baker <laughs> or Sylvester McCoy, but it it could be Peter Davison, couldn't it? It could yeah. be Peter Davison. Uh, so our voices are not that so all that stuff is me. And and I couldn't tell the difference after I'd done it, so uh I, that's an inside fact I keep revealing at every given opportunity. I remember uh, I
0: had that with one of the one of the Doom Coalition releases. With um, for some reason, I think it was just there, whatever had happened, we didn't have any of the um, the stuff of Paul doing all the uh, you know all that. So I had to do this this weird mixture of of doing some of them myself and some of them I went back into like really old. Um, Like projects from you know, you know, I'd done like a year prior, yeah, and just going through trying to find anything, and and the funniest thing is, it was even I ended up using bits like um bits of stuff where they were just messing around between takes you just think oh use that that'll do that'll do it's funny though you can cobble it all together and trick people a bit can't you
2: oh yes i mean the audio editing thing is i always remember that jim mortimer did something with embrace the darkness where the opening scene in the tardis uh he made paul's character sound a lot more eccentric because before the take uh, Paul had done all this thing with it. one of Paul's little favourite nonsense things <laughs> yeah. to do before. Him, he goes what 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 and all this kind of thing. He <laughs> was just messing around, and he and Jim put all that in with tea stirring noises and things. So it sounded like he was just goofing around while stirring his tea, but none of which was intended for the actual performance. But that's what Jim wanted, and he was quite a force of nature to get in front of. But anyway, yeah. So th- uh, also, I had to do the music insanely quickly. I think I had to buy a new keyboard or something. It was all very... uh, Oh, gosh. And I remember my favourite effect I had to do was when they were chucking um, tins of paint at the stone dinosaurs, the bone dinosaurs. And I just couldn't find anything that worked. So I ended up just going... (laughs) Myself and slowing it down or something. So there's a lot of me making weird mouth noises in this. But as we've discussed before, quite often uh the secret of an effect is not necessarily in the appropriateness of it but in the timing of it and if someone says they're going to throw a load of um paint at someone and makes a heaving noise if we were lucky i probably had to do the heaving noise <laughs> um if you put a sound effect at the end of that the audience will more or less just think oh well that must have been the paints you see what I mean?
0: I I think it is. It's one of those things you can get away with doing. I mean, it's like ninety percent of of sound design, isn't it? Really, it, it, often you can get away with doing almost anything because the listener associates what it is with the drama. If it's if it's done in that, you know, those circumstances, you can really get away with it. Like I remember the weirdest one I ever did was um, I got a, uh, somebody was milking a cow, and so I got a saucepan. Just gulped a load of water and literally just just sort of went into oh, yeah. into the saucepan, and I felt it was horrible doing it. It was I, I can comfortably say it was horrible doing it, and it was even more horrible having to mix the sound effects in to really give a realistic take of somebody milking a cow, um, and that had a lot of mouth noises as well. Horrific.
2: We got a mouth breather. Got a um, nice nice little <laughs> mouth noises going on there. Ah, uh, I mean that's I have told this embarrassing story. Luckily, it's not embarrassing for either of us. But how Mark Ayres, you know, uh, composer and sound designer extraordinaire, although never for Big Finish, but lots and lots of other things. Um, it's sorry, I just received a distracting text which I can't possibly tell you about. Um, <laughs> oh, I say, um, he told the story when he did that uh, Santaran shakedown thing that was filmed on HMS Belfast, Doctor Who spin-off thing, he was very proud in the the behind-the-scenes documentary to tell everyone that there was a point where someone had patted a Sontaran on the head and the way he'd achieved the only way, he couldn't find, he needed a large fleshy area to be patted and so he confessed in the documentary that he got a microphone down by his trousers, pulled his trousers down and patted his own bottom to get the sound effect. and you can see at the moment mark tells the story which he clearly thinks as he's building up to telling it is a really fascinating insight into his work and possibly a bit of a jokey nice jovial story but as the words come out of his mouth you can see him regretting that he's telling it (laughs) and then by the end of the sentence he's gone bright red and you can see he's thinking that's quite funny and the, obviously whoever was filming him just had a look of revulsion on their face like you've just made me think of you patting your bottom <laughs> <laughs> so I love to bring that story up every now and again because I just you know I love that I, I love Mark to bits he's a lovely human being I think it showcases
0: the madness of sound design doesn't it really and, and the lengths that people go to to get the right
2: sound You know, indeed indeed touching yes. one's own bottom <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> yes, I've got a bit of a weird cold. Anyway, um oh, also there's an actress in it called Lucy Campbell who played a character called Monica Lewis who's really I would say a, a sort of substitute Tegan character. She's kind of like a bit of a mouth on legs, a bit stroppy. Yeah. Was, was that for any reason I think they might have toyed with the idea of Tegan being in it or that might have been Steve's original plan. And Gary said, "No, no, we can't get Janet. she won't touch it with a barge pole back in those days um yeah, also Neil Roberts, who's been in a few more big finished things and who I directed in a um a theater adaptation of uh, Jekyll and Hyde, what I wrote uh, Andrew fettis in it uh who um in it in it in it in it bro in it right uh, he um he's a brilliant actor, Andrew and I've known him for many many years and um one of those people who occasionally says to me, "Gonny work?" and I go, "Oh yes, of course." And he gets about three parts in a row, you know. <laughs> so if you are an actor and you do know me, it's always worth reminding me that you exist. Seriously, it is. Anyway, should we see uh, what the first fifteen minutes of the Land of the Dead is like? I think it'd be rude not to roll the tape.
0: <laughs> well, it was and actually it. on tape, wasn't it? It was one that was released on cassette. That was released on
2: cassette originally. <laughs>
7: wide open ice field stretching out for hundreds of miles.
3: What's the name of this planet?
7: Ah, I'm afraid it's Earth again, actually, Nissa. A place called Alaska.
3: Oh, is that near where we left Tegan? No,
7: oh, no, no. We're a long way from Heathrow. Alaska is the stepping stone between America and Asia, two of Earth's largest continents.
3: And where are the people? Doctor, I can't see any dwellings.
7: We're probably too far north. It's not the most hospitable of environments, but rich in natural resources, like oil, while natives have lived off the land for thousands of years, Tegan's people have only really been interested in Alaska for commercial or strategic... Interesting. What is? Energy reading of some kind. The kind the TARDIS can't recognise but seems receptive to. Now, why should we start picking up some random emission like...
3: Doctor, that looks like smoke rising up from there.
7: Too much to come from a cosy fire up the chimney. <laughs> if only the panning controls were working, we could look down and see what's happening audio circuits were more reliable. Perhaps we could hear something of what's going
3: Doctor! on. Doctor!
7: Close. What was it? A plane. Not the type you'd find Tegan stewardessing on. Some kind of light aircraft privately chartered, I'd imagine the pilot clearly wasn't looking where he was going
3: I don't suppose he was expecting a large blue box to be hovering in mid-air over Alaska
7: yes well still if we didn't expect the unexpected whatever would become of us?
10: telling me that panelling would be here tomorrow for three weeks now. What
4: tomorrow, okay? Definitely tomorrow. You've got my word on that, okay? Your word is a
10: gentleman or an incompetent. I'm not inclined to believe either anymore. Go on, get out of it. God knows it would be quicker to go back to England and get it myself. Oh God, if only. Ah, Mr. Brett, good afternoon. Monica. Remind me, we are in the wilds of the North, aren't we? Rather than the wild West. Because I've never encountered so many cowboys. Perhaps
6: we should discuss this somewhere a little more
10: private. I mean, can even you really be so rich as to throw away your cash on idiots like these? Monica,
6: you know the problems we've been having getting hold of our more... specialist materials? Persist in terrifying our suppliers like that and they'll never deliver anything.
10: We'd be hard pressed to notice the difference. I mean, three weeks, for God's sake? This job's taken three years of my life from me, knocked another 20 off in stress, and
6: still the delays go on. Monica, I appreciate you're a little exasperated with conditions here, but since we're in the land of the midnight sun, perhaps you could let a little of it filter through to brighten your disposition? Hmm? Why you even insist on remaining baffles me. Your plans have been worked to quite accurately. Gabarig is perfectly capable of chivying the work along in your absence. You've not had a proper break for six months now. Are all interior designers so strict with themselves?
10: All right, all right, sorry. It's drop over. It's just... I don't know, this place, there's something about it. Yeah,
6: the area holds a particular charm, I agree.
10: It's not that. I can't wait to get back to grass stains, hay fever and gnat bites, believe me.
6: Well, Monica, four more months and the entire installation will be more or less complete. The work mustn't suffer. I keep telling you. Take a break now and return for the final stages.
10: Take a break and do what? I've abandoned all pretense at having anything even approaching a life for so long now. I can't start picking up the pieces back home until this project is over.
6: Have it your own way. In the meantime, I'll get Gaberick to double-check those supply dates. We're so close now. So close. (laughs)
7: Curiouser and curiouser.
3: We've landed.
7: Yeah, same area, different time.
3: 1994. Doctor, your energy reading is still registering.
7: Let me see. Hmm.
3: We've moved forward about 30 years.
7: Almost as if the TARDIS was following a scent. These readings suggest the emissions decayed to trace levels soon after we left.
3: But are increasing quite significantly now.
7: Yes. Well, but what kind of energy is it, I wonder, Hmm. Hard to tell if it really is a power source the TARDIS can't identify, or if... uh...
3: The TARDIS simply isn't functioning properly.
7: It's an outside chance, I suppose. Speaking of outside, you better go and get yourself a warm coat. Oh, and uh, pick up the handheld tracker from the toolbox, could you? We'll need it to trace the source of the emissions.
3: Is that necessary?
7: It's best to check. Besides, aren't you at all curious?
4: Gabrick! Wait up. Mr. Brett wants me to check delivery dates for the furs before he goes.
8: You've been speaking to Johnny Oldman up at battle, haven't you? Filling his head with garbage. Something is the matter? Oh, you know damn well there is. He'd agree to the sale. Yet now he's not letting us access his jetty to take away the earth. He's already sold us. Perhaps he has changed his mind. He, perhaps you changed it for him.
4: He talked to me, sure, but why would I tell him stories?
8: Brett's money feeds my family just as it does you. Precisely. And when this place is finished, that money dries up, doesn't it, huh? Brett will discard you along with everyone else. Ever since he made you his personal assistant, you've been stirring things up behind his back.
4: You do not understand, Tulung. Because you see the world with one Koyokan eye
8: and one that is American. Your kind will never understand my people. You are acting for yourself in this, not our people. Johnny Old Man will act as he will. I have not turned him against you. Brett knows about the bad feeling you try to spread in the Koyakan about this house. It amuses him, you understand that? He doesn't really care. It's a hindrance, sure, but he knows he'll win in the end. It amuses him to think that you, the Koyakan, could ever stand in his way.
4: If that is true, and as your job here is to run between him and my people, finding ways to make everyone happy, at whose expense is he really gaining his amusement?
7: It was Peter the Great that believed there was a part of America beyond Siberia.
3: These place names don't mean anything to me, Doctor. So he sent
7: explorers here. It took them more or less eight years to reach Alaska, and the captain would only allow his crew ten hours ashore before turning back.
3: The readings are increasing a fraction. I think we're heading the right way.
7: And you know what they found in those ten hours? A blue jay. A bird they knew lived only in America. Proof positive that Peter the Great was right.
3: Is that a jay there? Uh,
7: No, that looks like a raven. is the creator god in the beliefs of the Koyukin people, the descendants of the original settlers who came here more than 12,000 years ago.
3: Doctor, shh! What's that? What's I heard something. Like there's something out here. Watching us.
7: Probably a wayward blue jay wondering why his ears were burning. Come on. I bet that's not been built by the locals.
3: It's a remarkable building. And
7: not entirely finished yet, if that scaffolding's anything to go by. But impressive, nonetheless. I wonder if they'd give us a guided tour.
3: Perhaps you can ask. The track is indicating we head towards it.
7: Why am I not entirely surprised at that?
3: Will we get there by nightfall, do you think?
7: Perhaps. You know, in summer here, the sun never sets. Of course, Alaska is so named from the Aleutian word alayuska, meaning the great land.
8: Johnny only old man could be talked around, Brett. Give
6: me time with him. Brett? There was a time when I didn't mind the endless wrestling with the Koyokon. I almost welcomed the setbacks. Each was something to be overcome, something to feel good about. Each a little victory, another step closer. But now you worry you're too close. You know me better than anyone, don't you, little Chulung? Always so very dependable. I'm tired. It's taken so much to make this place happen. worry what's going to happen to you when it's over. And what will become of you, little
8: Chulung? Well, my work here will be done, but I still belong. I'll always have my
6: place here with the Koyakong. Oh, well said. But not really all that convincing. (sighs) Look at you standing there. Even now you feel the mixed blood that flows through your veins pulling you this way and that. No peace only conflict. But you don't belong to the Koyogan. You don't even belong to the white man. You belong to me. You feel that deep down, don't you? Little Chulung. Hmm?
7: I do wish you had a brighter torch. Hmm. Batteries must be wearing down a little. Well, at least it's doubtful we'll step in anything unpleasant out here.
3: It's there again! That sound!
7: Yes. And keep moving. This track must lead direct to that building, and if it stays clear, then. Doctor! Yes, sir, get behind me. Now back away.
3: It's so massive! Is it native to Alaska?
7: I'm not convinced it's even native to Earth.
3: Can you understand us? <laughs>
7: not sure it can say the same.
3: Doctor, that must be another one behind us. It's been tracking us.
7: Or hunting us. Trapped.
3: Can we outrun them, do you think?
7: We'll have to take that chance. I'll flash the torch at it. Try to keep its attention. Circle behind it, but keep well clear. Make for the building. What about you? If I'm not right behind you, see if you can get help. Now, quickly! Now then, let's try and shed a little light on you, shall we? You and your friend here. Hmm. What big teeth you have. Perhaps it's not such a shame the torch isn't stronger. Doctor! Doctor, it's after me! Well, its friend here focuses on me. If I could just overtake on the inside...
4: <laughs>
10: what? Oh, hello, Chulung. Don't tread in that paint, it costs a fortune. Everything okay?
8: Yeah, yeah, thank you, Miss Lewis.
10: You don't seem entirely sure.
8: It's Brett.
10: Oh, isn't it always?
8: He seems more distant than ever.
10: Does he? seems pretty much his usual charming self. Knowing what's best for everyone. Poor little rich boy slumming it with us commoners just to get what he wants. God knows what he'll be like when we're finished up here and he has to face up to reality by himself. What's bothering you?
8: Uh, it's, it's probably nothing. I mean, he's just been... It's like something's changed in him. He's even harder. Darker, somehow.
10: Well, I don't recall him ever being that big a barrel of laughs, do you?
8: Uh, Perhaps it's me. I I, I take so much from him in the general run of things anyway that I barely notice the aggression. Then he goes and ups it all a notch and I have to adjust. (laughs) I'll get used to it.
10: You don't have to get used to it. There's still a doorway in the front of this place, you know. I'm an expert, trust me. They're there to be walked through.
8: No. Not yet.
10: Seems we're all stuck here together. Just can't bear to leave the place, can we? (laughs) Hell, what's that?
8: That door you were just talking about, I think. Uh, I'll go see what's up. Although, you said you're the expert. Perhaps you should go.
10: Mind the paintings on your way out, Chulung. (laughs) Sorry. And don't let whoever it is knock that door down. It'll take weeks to get a new one delivered.
2: what is this what do you want to come in thank you who are you what do you want we're visitors so sorry to drop by unannounced we were attacked so there you have it whether that's uh whetted your appetite to uh go and download it because it's only available as a download now or whether of course you bought it eons ago and want to have another little re-listen to it well worth it could you know um always good to hear a stephen cole script and always good for a fifth doctor and adventure i would say would you say that, Penji? I would say that. I think that's pretty accurate. Would you say anything
0: else? Um, bingle bongle dingle dongle, I suppose. <laughs> Why not?
2: Time now for wrapping and unwrapping of... No, uh, no I, have I got that right? Yes. Unwrapping of competitions! <laughs> the prize... Doctor Who, the main monthly range adventure, Muse of Fire by Paul Mars, featuring the seventh Doctor, Ace, Hex, and Katie Manning as Iris Wildtime, not Irish Wildtime. Uh, we drama this at the end of this podcast. The question was Gethin Anthony features in this story playing hapless American tourist Kevin Archer, named the fantasy tv series gethin is known for being in subject line muse closing date friday the 7th december in the space year 2018 and the winner is
0: christopher latham who writes good day nick and benji that's all he wrote but we just gave him the prize now there's more (laughs) good afternoon good evening Goodness! No, wait, no, that's the wrong podcast. I um, uh, hope you're both well and enjoying the festive season. May Nick's pork pie draw overflow with all manner of Advent treats. I love the way it has actually already made a comeback in this. It's pod- incredible, isn't amazing, it? isn't it? That's just they can read us like a book. Perhaps our materials getting old. I it don't is. know. <laughs> um, if it's not too like late, could I thank you all? Well-worn threadbare
2: pair of trousers. Sorry, sir. <laughs>
0: If it's not too late, could I thank you and all the team for a fantastic Big Finish day? I had a fantastic time, some incredible memories made, and we have already booked for next year. <laughs> In particular, thank you both for you lovely chaps for your kind words when we got to speak, and to Benji for signing my Charlie Pollard jacket with a large buck up. <laughs> I remember doing that. Always a pleasure. I like to sign anything with buck up. Really, it's just there's an yeah, immense, yeah. there's an immense amount of uh, joy doing it in capital letters with a great big exclamation mark um yeah great fun uh, meeting india fisher was a dream come true for a gigantic eighth doctor fan thank you so much for making it happen oh. onto the competition yes uh, gethin anthony is known for his role in the ill fated as the ill fated renly baratheon in uh, game of thrones yes he is gosh you're totally right Just shows how long it's been since I've uh, watched Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah, I've never watched it. It's good. It's good. You need to sort of rent out about six months of your life to get through it, but if you do... Haven't got the time. No, probably not. Um, If I'm lucky enough to win, my postal address is redacted, Manchester, UK. Yeah, there's a lot of people live there um, all the best Christopher Latham congrats that's an interesting, Christopher
2: that's an interesting observation a lot of people live there well it is well known as quite a large city so. no I was talking about Redacted Oh, red- yeah loads of people <laughs> live there uh, certainly when we read out their address yeah. <laughs> Christopher you will receive both a download and a CD when Muse of Fire is released um, I've already clicked a download thing to go into your account so that should happen if it doesn't And I've messed up. I think I did a couple of competitions back. Someone said, I still haven't received it. In that voice, obviously. Please don't hesitate to get in touch at podcast at bigfinish.com or inquiries at bigfinish.com.
0: Well, it's now time to do our brand new competition, and that's to win Doctor Who The Early Adventures, The Crash of UK 201. And that stars Maureen O'Brien and Peter Purvis in a first Doctor story by Jonathan Morris. The question, my dear friends, is as Mm. followed... Gemma Churchill features in this story. Name the first Peter Davison story Mm. she featured in for Big Finish Productions. Now, the closing date is Friday the 21st of December 2018. The subject line on your email should be 5th. Please send your entries to podcast at bigfinish.com. Good luck
2: coming up soon our 15 minute drama tease of doctor who muse of fire featuring the return of irish no iris wild time oh hello <laughs> but, there <laughs> but before that it's listeners email <laughs> Oh, it's been a while, hasn't it, Nick, since we did the old listeners' emails? Well, it feels like it's been a while, anyway. It's been a little while, yeah. They're not every week anymore, which is silly, really. I don't know why. Anyway, yeah. Well, it's, you know, the good thing
0: about listeners' emails is it's like slipping into a comfortable chair, isn't it? You know, you can sit down. You know where you are in your own chair.
2: You're sitting down. Uh, That's where you
0: are. Yeah, exactly, you know. And and that's the same with emails. doesn't matter how much time passes, you know that you're always going to be okay. And we love your emails. We do. It's one of the biggest joys doing the podcast is hearing from you guys directly and if you want to email in and we might read it out who knows then you can send it to podcast at bigfinish.com podcast at bigfinish.com easy as that look at that Nick's doing a fun little <laughs> it's like a robot dance the robots <laughs> once, yeah. robots made out of paper so our first email here mm. is from Steve Lines dear Nick and Benji Mm-hmm. Firstly my huge thanks to Big Finish for a continually superb run of audios. I particularly enjoyed your retakes on Survivors, Callan mm-hmm. and The Avengers. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would be possible to successfully recast actors such as Patrick such as Patrick Mcnee and McGowan, uh, but you have proven me wrong. Great to hear that you'll be releasing some more Avengers sets soon featuring Emma Peel and Tara King and I'm also keeping my fingers crossed for that steed and keel pairing is it Steed and Peel okay no it's steed and Ke- pairing uh, we'll have more adventures together. hmm who knows um I also hope that it won't be long until we see Big Finish do Adam Adamant lives the lost Stories. May I suggest Julian Wadham as an excellent replacement for Gerald Harper? And suitably sassy pick from your pool of superb female Mm -hmm. acting talent to portray sidekick Georgina Jones. Festiveness, bestiveness, Steve Lyons. Core. What do you think? Adam Adamant, eh? Interesting one there.
2: That's that's just imagine that one. I mean I would say even though Julian is a brilliant actor, I wouldn't he's I think we need you'd need someone younger. To play um, Adam Adamant because Gerald Harper was, you know, relatively young when he played the part back in those days, and I think it would have to be someone of more of that age. I don't know how old he was, but yes, he was a dashing young hero, wasn't he? And uh, yes, so bold, I, I bold like a knight in white armor, wasn't he? Well. I nearly went into the song when I realised I had no talent. I would like to mention that you, when, when Steve says uh, you have proven me wrong, he actually said proven me very wrong. I thought Ooh, I'd, blimey. I'd like to emphasise the veryness. Oh, goodness, <laughs> anyway, I apologise for not reading. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Yeah, well, here's my go at reading. Yeah, see if you can spot the uh, non-deliberate errors. From Tony Parker, this one is. Greetings, Nick and Benji. Hope the Chicago cold isn't hitting you too hard. This was sent when we were in Chicago. It's definitely one of my favourite cities. And it's wonderful seeing Big Finish reach out to fans in the Midwest. We do our best, Tony. We do our best.
0: The cold was yeah. fun as well. I went out and built a snowman and had a snowball fight with lots of lovely people, and it was yeah, it was jolly good fun. It was a bit of a novelty at the time. Was you any, have youth on your side. I do. I do <laughs> certainly have that. Yes. But after you walk around in the snow uh, for 15 minutes, you don't feel that like you have youth on your side. You feel like no. you have uh, painful
2: knees. And of course, you got very, very ill with the norovirus. And, I did, uh, yeah. I had
0: to stay on there for an, for another day and change my flight and all that. It was it was horrible, actually. It was. There's nothing more um, disorientating than uh, being unwell in a different country, yeah. Where you can't just nip home. Where you can't say, "Oh, can somebody pick me up?" It's like I've got you know eight and a half, nine hours until I can get back to my bed. Oh, and that you know, it's and it's not even that. I've got to cross London, but needless to say, everybody was lovely and I had a nice time.
2: We're just plagued by illness, aren't we? I mean, I've been ill this week, and I was taken very ill on Tuesday. Semi-collapsing and all that. It's just... Anyway, I'm fine, by the way. It's just after a bit of sympathy. Um, (coughs) Also, yeah, Jason and I, our flight was cancelled, and so we had to go the next day, and so we had to find another hotel to stay in. It was all a bit yeah and we were on a freeway that frankly we shouldn't have been on because it was just covered in snow and the vehicle was sort of sliding sideways <laughs> well, very it was, dramatic the storm must have been pretty bad because it did you know there was a lot of it was disruption the had in ages yeah
0: i mean like for one example and it was actually really amusing and it was a sort of lifesaver for for both of us was um i so i was originally i was meant to fly out on the monday and i ended up flying back home on the Tuesday. Um. And anyway, on the Monday, I said goodbye to my friend Ian, who was at the convention and he was he was leaving that day to get his flight home. And I said, oh, goodbye. I said, you know, lovely to see you. Uh, have a safe trip. Anyway, next day, I didn't fly out until the evening, went into the um, went to the airport. I'd got in there for probably about uh, I think I was in there by about three o'clock in the afternoon. Right, first port call, got into the terminal, thought, need to go to the toilet, went there, and there was a small queue going into the toilet, and in front of me, suddenly, I sort of went, Ian? And he turned round, and he looked like he'd just been, like he'd been sleeping on the streets. I said, what are you doing here? And it turns out his flight was delayed by such a degree that he was still there 24 hours later. And he looked as though, you know, he was deprived of sleep. And it was, it was a bit like Stig of the Dump. He was sort of like completely looked out of place. And I said, oh, my God. But it turns out that basically due to his ticket that he had, um, he wasn't able to leave the airport. Gosh. So so basically, if he left the airport, it would invalidate his ticket. And thus he had to stay there. And so he, when I landed from my flight and so I was back in England it would be Wednesday morning he had just boarded his flight to go home pretty much two days inside a terminal how grim is that? I (sighs) 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 I thought that was an interesting tale because it was just such a like whoa you know it was a crazy
2: moment I feel like you know he'd become like some sort of uh, what a, a, like a like a airport refugee but well, it was quite amusing
0: i said where did you sleep he said ah oh, he said i found one place in a terminal where they where they have three seats instead of two he come said, with so me I, yeah it was it was like a so i stayed there and i slept there it was quite amusing actually but bless him he got home that's the main thing and then he got home and then he got ill and i thought oh i thought I bet that's down to me it's all my fault so sorry ian for
2: that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was in the middle of an email, wasn't Yes, I? you were. Sorry, I just went off No, one. no, don't apologise. I've, I've just forgotten what I'm doing. Uh, I was ecstatic to see the announcement of the new Rose Tyler spin-off. It also got me thinking, is there any possibility of doing a series of Companion Chronicles with Doctors 9 to 12? Rose, Captain Jack, Jackie, Donna. Heck, maybe give Arthur Darville a call to come back as Rory. I understand scheduling's always a factor. It would be amazing to hear stories told from a new Who companion's point of view. Keep up the fantastic work. Hope to catch you at a convention soon. Best Tony Parker. Well, Tony, I mean, we'd certainly love to do things like that. It's just a question of actor availability. I know that uh, Arthur Darville wasn't, uh, even though he's a good friend of Big Finishes and has worked for us in many contexts, including you know frankenstein um he wasn't initially keen to jump back into the role of rory but you know hopefully one day we can convince him but um we have of course featured stories with all those characters you mentioned but yeah a companion chronicles series for doctors 9 to 12 is certainly worth thinking about oh and he sent a picture by the way um which is It's got Christopher Eccleston wearing um, an American Marines helmet, is that right? Yeah, it is, yeah. And it it says, how about a nice cup of absolutely fantastic (laughs) just this once everybody drinks and he's drinking tea.
0: I like it. I like the way his face is on the mug as well. Yes. (laughs) His mug is on the mug. (laughs) Ha! Well we got another one here from Rob K uh, Good day gents uh, Long time listener Infrequent caller mm. um, I have a few questions for the podcast But first wanted to say a quick word On the recently released 7th Doctor New Adventures set I love it Generally, when a new box set is released, my approach has been to listen to the entire set in a day or two, but after being totally engrossed in the trial of a time machine, I've instead decided to to take my time and give each story a few days' breathing room. When I first heard the sad news about the end of the novel adaptations range, I was resigned to never hearing the wonderful Seven, Roz and Chris team, Uh, Again, not to mention the phenomenal New Adventures version of the Doctor Who theme. How glad I am uh, to have been wrong. Uh, A few questions, if I may. Number one, this coming January will mark two years since the release of the excellent Graceless 4 box set, which ended on something of a cliffhanger that the sisters will meet the Doctor again one last time. I haven't heard any news of a follow-up since then and was wondering if you might be able to shed a little light or even tease something. I know that there have been a few ranges ended in recent months for financial reasons and it's possible uh, Graceless was among them. But as the sisters spun out of the monthly range, might their story be concluded back where they began?
2: I'll have to look into that one. Um, I, I'm, f- I'm fairly sure, Rob, that there there is some sort of future plan for the the Graceless Girls. So um, hang tough on that one. <laughs> Question 2. Today's announcement of more
0: Gallifrey Time War sets is extremely welcome news on this chilly, snowy Canadian morning. Gallifrey was my first Big Finish spin-off range and I still love it so much and I hope you guys keep commissioning new releases forever. My question here stems from the news story announcing the new sets. Uh, It notes that the sets are being done in association with BBC Studios, which I don't believe we've seen on any of the releases in the past. What does this mean?
2: What does it mean? (laughs) Well, it notes that the sets are being done. It's just a new set of wording that the BBC wants us to use. That's all. (laughs) There we go it's just yeah i mean the rules change with the bbc and different people you know get jobs at the bbc so for example for years we kept asking the bbc if we could use their logo on our releases to say because we said you know we're licensed from you it'd be good to have the bbc logo on there and they were no 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 and they absolutely forbade us from using the logo and then one day we got an email absolutely insisting that we use them logo like, yeah. like we've been defying them by not using it well we've actually been trying to use it for years and the, but you know that's just the nature Yeah, people people are allowed to change their minds about things that's my reasoning on that
0: well, last, uh, a bit more of a broad question. In the past on uh, forums and this podcast, you and other Big Finish folk have been kind enough to give us some insight into production process for a Big Finish story. Commissioning a script, scheduling, or should sort I of say scheduling recording, uh, sound design, I say all the time, it's terrible, sound design, that sort of thing and um, what's uh, been less clear has been how the BBC vetting process for your scripts actually happens. Is there some checklist that your writers are told they cannot do? Is there a dedicated person or even just an intern at Big Finish Licensing who reads no, BBC over the A BBC Licensing uh, who reads over scripts to flag any issues? Uh, are they often sent back with notes for revision? Uh, any insight that you could offer would be fascinating, at least for a nurse like me who enjoys learning about the inner workings of production processes thanks for taking a moment to read and maybe answer
2: hope you're having a lovely tuesday take care rob so decreed the iphone well of course it's not tuesday for a starter Uh, it's friday actually um although sunday really when you're listening to this perhaps unless you've left it until tuesday to listen to i could go on please don't okay um the process, well um, it's, you know, there are people at the BBC whose job it is specifically to approve uh, content for those of us who have licences from the BBC to do Doctor Who. It's a very important job and it's linked directly to the production office of the TV show and they talk to them about what is, uh, uh, what what will work, whether it clashes with something they're doing or whether it does or doesn't adhere to what they feel are the core values of doctor who now since we've been doing this for 20 years um we've kind of worked out how it works and the bbc trust us and we trust the bbc so we have a good relationship of trust but everything we do is uh, given to the bbc for their approval or otherwise and um uh, yeah, so we, we have a sort of little healthy back and forth thing. But the the most common reason for something not being allowed is that it just happens to be very similar to something that's coming up in the TV series. I, don't, I can't think of a time when the BBC have said to us, we don't think that's appropriate, the material is inappropriate for Doctor Who or something like that, because we're very... Uh, um, pernickety about that ourselves we don't want to present the BBC with lots of challenges we don't want them to feel that we're always trying to get away with something that might not be appropriate you know we we set our own we self-regulate as much as possible so that their very necessary and contractual regulation of us isn't too strenuous for them because we've already done a lot of it for them but it's up to them to do as much or as little as they like so yeah, and it's and it. I, w- I would certainly not describe um, the person who does our uh, approvals at the BBC as an intern. <laughs> um, yeah. By the way, I just want to go back to that BBC Studios thing of the previous question. It's just um, uh, BBC Studio. What was BBC Worldwide is now known as BBC Studios. All of BBC is known as BBC Studios now. So um, that's the only reason for that mention being mentioned in a news story. Uh, I don't know whether in association with is, is really um, a stipulated term or whether it was something that our marketing chap Paddy, F- Paddy Freeland just decided to write in a, uh, a news story. I mean, certainly licensed by BBC Studios would probably be more accurate. I've finished speaking. <laughs> I've rebadged it. <laughs> uh, here's, here's an email from Betsy J, who was at Big Finish Day as your workout. Hello to the Briggs and Labongi. I'm still high on life right now, even two weeks after getting home. Well, it's probably a bit longer now. My UK trip was everything. I, I got to spend time with friends, meet some new ones, and be with my people. I'm never more at home. Than when I'm with this big family we have, whether it's four people having dinner or an auditorium and stage full of people who love stories. Big Finish Day was truly special, and thank you for including me in the podcast. Pleasure, Betsy. It was. It was Benji did it, and I wholeheartedly supported. His including you in it. Uh, what a treat. Sorry if I gushed a bit over Frankenstein. Not at all. Gush away. Uh, but it was an easy answer for my randomoid selectortron, and I don't bloody care if I spelt it wrong. Winky emoji. <laughs> <gasps> she said a rude word. It's not so rude for Americans, that word, you see. Uh, thank you both for being such lovely gents, and thank the whole bf gang for making more audio beauty than my wallet and my ear things can handle yeah i haven't said ear things for a while have i I do let jason know i bought two box sets callan and survivors season three uh since i couldn't find him for a hug oh bless and benji i'll see you at the bar next time (laughs) sorry i wimped out i wonder why you went you lads are the ginchiest I presume that's a compliment. Love and Jelly Babies, Betsy. Oh,
0: lovely to hear from you, Betsy. Uh, It's so good that you can make it a big finish day. It just added to to making the event so special. So uh, I'm sure we'll see you again one day in the not too distant future. But yes, I'm sure I'll see you in the bar. That's where I I often frequent. Good Lord. Uh, (laughs) Good good Lord. Um, And that's it for uh, the emails this week they've been some real bangers in there haven't
2: there it's a real mm. real return to form time now to do the trailer for this very podcast right you ready i'm ready i'm ready <sighs> right, right. Okay. get the old uh, get the old pork pie out <laughs> <laughs> right there we go <clears throat> okay right so. strange brown tissue napkin that i've seen to have Oh, I got it. Steph bought me a sandwich at lunch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too much information. Coming soon for Big, for big Finish Productions. Take two. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. <laughs> Released on the 9th of December 2018. A podcast featuring iris not irish wild time and listeners emails well i'm benji clifford this is nick briggs and we are going Hello. to be
0: going through all the latest news be that uh, stories like the hunting ground muse of fire planet of the drashigs where we give you a clip uh, and chameleon empire where you get a
2: trailer oh <gasps> Oh, yes. Uh, Land of the Dead is our archive tease, where I go back down my own personal memory lane of Big Finish to a very early production I worked on.
0: We also have uh, one competition which is wrapped, and another competition which is unwrapped. You don't want to miss that one.
2: Just uh, quickly unwrapping it. Oh thank goodness! Oh, so I was worried yeah. about that. Not not. And featuring. then thank of goodness. course there are listeners' emails, bumper uh, emails. Benji is very impressed by them. Oh, yeah. And we drama tease Muse of Fire, starring Gosh. Iris, not Irish Wild Times. So there you have it: rock and roll. Catch you there. What about that? Was it all right as a trailer?
0: Yeah, liked it. Liked it. Thought you know, captures us rather well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about a quick, sneaky little Randomoid selectrotron Do you want to quickly get that up? We'll just bung yeah, a name not? out there. Why not? Why uh, not? Remember, the Randomoid Selectrotron release will be available with a 25% discount if you go to bigfinish.com forward slash V for Vendetta, forward slash Randomoid, and enter the code BUCKUP, B-U-C-K-U-P, all uppercase, or indeed uppercase, uh, and no... Spaces, exclamation marks, or weird vomiting emojis.
0: <laughs> well, we've got one here. It's number 43 The Devil Cat. That's a Dark Shadows release, and it was out in 2014. Uh, very exciting, oh, quite the fun. The yeah, like Anything I with cats anything is going to be brilliant. It. Well, I can tell you a little bit about it if you like here. So it says here, Whilst on vacation in England, Detective Tony Peterson and Witch Cassandra visit Tony's estranged cousin, Lord Trent Malkin, and his wife, Ruby. The two couples team up to investigate the disappearance of a maid from the manor and a series of murders by an ancient cat cult. Complicating things are hostile villagers, an unfriendly vicar uh, and amateur sleuth Miss Emma Simon. Who can be trusted in the village of Little Boscom? Oh, no, it's not. It's Little Bascom. Uh, and if the legend of uh, a devil cat wandering the countryside in search of souls to, de- to devour is true, are Tony and Cassandra about to face the greatest threat of their lives? Ooh,
2: wow. Well, Tony we and Cassandra, we're big fans of the Tony and Cassandra Consa- mysteries. Min- um, here's the trailer, by the way.
8: My fellow Acolytes, the summoning worked. Is, is that a... I'm afraid it is.
7: Only we could get lost in the English countryside and find ourselves trapped in the Wicker Man.
8: Dark Shadows.
4: The Devil Cat. Cassandra, my cousin, Lord
8: Trent Malkin. Trent, uh, Cassandra Collins.
1: Pleased to meet you. Well, look what the cat dragged in.
8: Ruby, this is my cousin from
7: Collingsport, America, (laughs) Tony Peterson, and his charming friend, Cassandra Collins. I must say, you're much more handsome than the photos in the family album let on. Poor beggars got lost, had a run-in with that damned coven. And darling, Tony saw one of our infamous big cats
10: as well. (laughs) Sounds like you've had a hell of a day. Martini? Martini?
7: Police Constable Darren Westcott. Tony had a run in with that coven this afternoon.
0: Sorry to hear that, Mr. Peterson. It probably scared you a bit, but really they're a harmless sort.
7: May I present Little Bascom's very own Sherlock Holmes, Miss Emma Simon. You're too kind, Lord Malkin.
3: I'm simply doing my duty as a citizen.
7: You've something on your mind, perhaps.
3: I'm just so very sorry to hear about your maid. If there is anything I can do to help.
6: A maid is missing? And a figurine from my collection.
3: No one's seen her or the figurine since yesterday morning.
6: What, you think she took it?
3: I've never met a person who could put two and two together better than Tony. <laughs>
7: Good day to you, Miss Simon, and don't forget your knitting. Reverend Tuttle,
8: Tony Peterson, and his friend, Cassandra Collins. If I could learn the identity of the cult leader, I would put an end to this blight on little Bascom once and for all. Make them pay for their many sins.
4: Did you hear that? Tony,
10: shine the light over there.
4: Eyes watching
10: us. I've never seen so many. The surroundings... We're getting closer
6: I love you Cassandra
2: and I I love you too Tony and there you go that is available uh, 25% discount uh, all you have to do is enter the code buck up on the random Electron page which I've already given you the URL for. so I'm just not going to repeat it alright all right. and that's just all caps isn't it no space all caps buck up no yeah. exclamation mark. No, no cool. vomiting emojis. Nothing. Just mark um, cool. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, time now for a fifteen-minute drama tease of our upcoming seventh Doctor release, featuring the return of Iris Wildtime, Muse of Fire by Paul Mars.
9: of the civilized universe.
11: I came here on a school trip once. We didn't see much. Didn't even get to the top of the Eiffel Tower because someone threw up halfway.
5: What is it you said you were looking for, Doctor? Inspiration, Mr. Hicks. What kind of inspiration?
9: Breathe in. Doesn't that air set your mind racing with ideas? Doesn't it make your single heart pound? I suppose so.
11: Is there a situation to sort out? A scheme of some kind? up to professor nothing nothing (laughs) really simple
9: relaxation ace let's enjoy the city it's 1922 a vintage year what's so great about it all the great artists and poets are gathered here now enjoying the golden age between the two world
5: wars I'm not sure I'm bothered about a load of poets it's not my kind of thing Gertrude Stein! Hemingway!
9: Amazing people creating things the world had never seen or even dreamt of
5: before. If you say so.
9: So, where are we heading? Hmm. Well, I need a map and a newspaper from that kiosk. Hex, uh, you can get us a table. A table? Yes, in, in, in a café, of course. Uh, uh, this is Café Society. In there?
5: The two maggots?
9: Les deux magots. It's a very famous café. Pop in and find us somewhere to sit. Come along, Ace.
4: Isabel, please, hold up a bit.
12: We don't have time to go mooning about all your favorite haunts, Kevin. You did that last night. It's not
4: that. These bags are heavy. I'm carrying just about all our worldly possessions Yes,
12: and look at them. It's pitiful. This is all we have to show for ourselves. I'm twenty-seven, you've dragged us all around Europe for three years with your hair-brained idea of being a poet.
4: There's no need to be nasty.
12: I'm trying to make you see sense.
4: I know. I know you're right.
12: Come on, this is our station, Clooney.
11: So, tell me what we're really here for, Professor.
9: Oh, you're so suspicious.
11: There must be something going on here. Something that isn't quite right, or someone mucking about with time and space.
9: Well, maybe. I knew it. I'm not certain. There are just a few things I have to check.
11: Ha! That sounds more promising than some boring city break. Let's get that
9: map, shall we?
12: Look, you wanted to be a poet.
4: I am a poet, Isabel. But they wouldn't let me in. The cliques, the salons.
12: Paris is filled with Americans wanting to be poets. Everyone comes here from all over the world to be an artist. Not everyone can be the next big thing. Some have to fail.
4: But I can just about taste it, Isabel. Success, freedom. I just need a little longer.
12: We're all out of money, Kevin. My father won't bankroll us another week. It's time for us to go home.
4: He never truly believed in me, did he?
12: He's given us these months here. He gave you this chance.
4: Now I'll have to be grateful to him forever. I'll be his failure of a son-in-law.
12: He's promised you a job in his firm. A solid job with good prospects. It's time we both faced our responsibilities.
4: He runs a paper mill. Of all the ironies, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life making pages blank pages for other people to fill.
12: Mind the steps, Kevin. He just thinks that it's time you stopped dreaming, that's all.
4: Give up on my dream? I don't think your father even...
12: Kevin?
11: Kevin! Is that a fight breaking out or what?
9: There's a kerfuffle at the metro.
11: Let's go and
12: see. (laughs) Help us, please. Someone please help us, so my good. husband has hit his head on the steps, oh please! Please,
6: let me examine him.
12: What are you, some kind of nun? Can you even see through that veil?
9: I'm the doctor, please allow me to be resistant. Oh
12: thank goodness, someone qualified. Yeah, not that sort of doctor. I can do nothing more for him. Excuse me. Doctor, it's my husband. It's Kevin. I shouldn't have let him carry all the baggage. He was too busy talking, arguing with me and not looking where he was going. He missed his footing at the top and... Oh, jeepers, is there blood? Is he dead?
9: he's alive, but he's banged his head quite
5: badly. Excusez-moi. This place is so busy. Would you mind if me and my friends joined you? Pardon, monsieur. At your table, could we share it with you? Ah, oui,
1: but of course I shall be leaving shortly as it is. Great. Thank you, madame. My mates will be along any minute. It is a rare treat to share a few moments with a young and handsome
5: man. Usually
1: I sit here alone, quite alone, watching the world go by. Oh, I'm
5: sorry to hear that.
1: Sometimes I prefer the solitude. My evenings are so busy, so hectic. My afternoons, I like the peace. Are you from Paris, madame? I am not a Parisienne, no. Though I have lived on the Île Saint-Louis, in the middle of the Seine, for a little
5: while. Your accent is very...
1: French. Oh, 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 do you mind if I drop it, though, Chuck? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's very exhausting me keeping it up. You uh, sound northern. Why are you putting the accents on? <laughs> I like to blend in, lovey. It's part of me allure. <laughs> so where are you really from? Oh, I'm not allowed to divulge that information. Just think of me as a beguiling woman of mystery. I live on the island in a tall apartment building overlooking Notre Dame. Oh, it's very beautiful. Sounds nice. You should come up and see me sometime, Mr... Hex. I'm Just visiting. Oh, well, here you go, lovey. Have one of me cards. The address is on the back. Right. Tell me, lovey, have you ever posed? What? Oh, don't look so startled, Chuck. <laughs> I'm a patron of many artists. I hold a nightly salon for creative types. Oh, it's very glamorous. Is it now? Now, it strikes me you'd make a good life model. You've got quite a, a physique on you. Call round tonight after nine. But I always up late, you know, carousing and doing all sorts of arty things. <laughs> oh, it's truly fabulous. <laughs> and if you're very lucky, someone will immortalise you. Now I must go. Ciao, Hex. I mean, au revoir, Monsieur. <laughs>
4: I'm all right, honestly.
12: Well, Doc, what's the verdict? Well,
9: so far as I can see, there's nothing broken. I don't think he's even concussed. It's just shock. (laughs) I'm not surprised.
12: But is he well enough to travel? Can we run for a train to meet our ship?
9: I wouldn't advise it. He should take it easy for the rest of the day, at least.
12: Great. So we're going to miss our train from the Gare du Nord. What if we can't transfer our tickets? Look, your bloke's going to be all right. That's the main thing, isn't it? Oh, sure. The main thing. My father's going to go crazy. He'll think this is Kevin playing for time and deliberately sabotaging our return to the States.
11: I don't think anyone would deliberately throw themselves down stone steps like these.
12: No. You're right. Of course you are. I'm just on edge.
11: Please, Isabel.
12: Can't
4: we just go back to the apartment?
12: guess it's not like we told the landlord we were running out. All right. Thanks so much for everything, Doc. You and your, uh... Just, Ace. Look, do you need our help to get Kevin back home?
4: Uh, No. (sighs) Uh, I can walk. I'm
9: okay, I tell you.
12: Well, if you're sure...
9: He's sure. Come along, Ace. Les deux magots beckons.
12: Well, that's our plans ruined.
9: I...
4: Isabel. What is it? The faucets of existential urgency fructify the crimson moon. What? And when she stares down the gates of hell, all the rubber washers need replacing. What are
12: you saying? On
4: our sense of rational selfhood.
12: Kevin?
5: Modeling for painters, eh? Me? What
11: you reckon? Mmm, this hot chocolate's amazing. Who was
9: this mysterious woman? Oh no.
11: Was she young? Old? It's
5: hard to say. There was something youthful about her. She was mischievous. She was glamorous too. She had this strange hat on. And dark glasses.
11: Oh yeah, blind was she?
5: Yeah, cheers Ace. She wasn't French, I can tell you that much.
11: Why would anyone want to paint you anyhow?
5: She sounds most intriguing.
9: Perhaps we should all visit the salon of hers on the island. I've put a card somewhere.
11: Hang on. You said you were interested in the artists of this time period, Professor?
9: Yes, I certainly am. Picasso, Matisse, they were doing things with
11: perception
9: that are truly brilliant. They were documenting changes in human
11: consciousness. And you want to go and meet them, of course. Well, if I know my
9: art history, then the place we must go to is Montparnasse. Half a mile and about ten blocks south of here. That's where all the painters and collectors are living. Gertrude Stein, oh, she was at the centre of the whole thing. Yes,
5: that's who we ought to at.
11: Oh, I don't know, I'm happy enough here with my chocolate, watching the world go by for a bit. That's what that woman said she liked to do. You seem quite taken with her, Hex. Reckon he thinks he's on a promise. Oh, shut up, Ace.
5: It wouldn't hurt you just to knock it off sometimes. I'm only having a laugh. If just because someone's showing an interest in me. You know, people do sometimes, you know.
11: All right, we get it. There
5: was something different about this woman. Can't explain it. Look, I'm gonna go and take a wander. And sorry if I was touchy ace. Maybe I just need some time on my own for a bit. You know, after too long cooped up in the TARDIS.
11: Guess it happens to us all. Hey, I might go and
5: explore those islands in the middle of the river. Why not? And in the meantime, Ace
9: and I will go hunting art collectors in Montparnasse. Will we? Uh, Yes, drink up, Ace. We'll meet here for supper, shall we, Mr Hex? Great.
11: Look at us, making plans, just like normal people. Is there something wrong with that? No, it's a relief. All right, then. Let's go and find this Frankenstein woman.
9: Gertrude Stein. (laughs) Ah, uh, garçon, l'addition, s'il vous plaît? Will this survive? Nothing, monsieur. Uh, Tell me, Garcon. There was a woman here at this table earlier. Do you happen to know her? Uh,
4: She has been here before. Do you know who she is? Where she's from? Uh, Paris is filled with mysterious women these days. Where they come from? Where they go? Who knows? we are again. I thought we'd said goodbye to this place.
12: Don't go getting ideas, Kevin. As soon as you feel well enough to walk, we're getting away from Saint-Germain.
4: But we've missed our trains, Isabel. We won't make the ship now.
12: They'll honor our tickets. They'll have to.
4: We may be stuck here indefinitely.
12: And you'd love that, wouldn't you? You'd just love the excuse to not leave. Look, just sit down, will you? Hey,
4: calm down.
12: How can I be calm? I just about had to drag you away in the first place, and then you go flinging yourself down the metro steps, and then, on top of everything, you have a strange fit and start spouting complete and utter gibberish. Gibberish?
4: Did I? What do you mean?
12: You went crazy! Your eyes rolled back in your head. You started coming out with the strangest things.
4: Did you write any of it down?
12: Write it down? What? Why would I? I remember words,
4: wonderful words, crowding into my brain was like turning on the faucet. I've never felt like that before. Words and more words spilling over on the basement wall, illustrated with the distinctiveness, a compression faucet, and not this systematic- Are you
12: saying you're well enough to leave? Why couldn't
4: you have just written down what I said? Why couldn't you do that little thing for me?
12: You idiot. You total idiot. How dare you, Kevin? I've got words.
0: Words at last. Where are you going? You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.